This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. My guest is comedian David Oakley, a former heroin addict. Dave discovered Kratom and it changed his life. He was at the 2016 protest in D.C. that kept Kratom legal, co-owner of Comedy Uprising. You can catch him at the Four Corners Comedy Festival in Durango, Colorado, September 10th through 12th. So you're in Atlanta? Yeah, man. I'm down here in Atlanta, man. No, I moved back from Colorado. Oh, okay. So you were there for a while? Yeah, about four years. Okay. In in Durango? Yeah. Have you heard of it? I've heard, I heard your uh, clip on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Durango, Colorado. It's the southwest corner. It's about an hour and a half from like the Four Corners Monument, 30 minutes north of New Mexico. Um, yeah. It was like a weird, like secluded area, but at the same time, I mean, like at least for like comedy and stuff, there's a lot of big places to do comedy like within six hours in any direction. So that was kind of cool. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stand up in Durango. Is that like a college town or something? Yeah, there's a small college there. It's a yeah. uh, liberal arts college called Fort Lewis. Um, but kind of, man, the scene has been building over the past few years for sure. Um, I know, like, you know, they've had three open mics this week because all my friends still live there that I was doing comedy with. And, um, yeah, like, so, like, they did three open mics this week. And for a small town, that's, like, not that bad at all. Yeah, and at one point, man, I was, I was host, I was, like, producing and hosting three and then there were like two others. Like I mean, like we at, at our like at our most, we were like doing like five, six mics a week in in the small town like Durango. So we were really yeah. So there's a pretty good scene there actually. There's some very funny comedians there still. A lot of people. A lot of people are getting into stand up. I mean, shit. I don't know how many Pittsburgh had, but I'm out of the loop. But that probably sounds about how many Pittsburgh had. I know for a while it was. There was a few a week, and like oh, then there was like the the uh, bigger places. Pittsburgh Improv had something every week, right. but just like the little independent places, there was a few every week. And I would go to them. There was a good scene for a while. This is when I got back to Pittsburgh, like 2012. I was going to open mics, thinking about doing it, and then there was just so many fucking people, and there was a lot of good ones. I was like. Eh, I'm not going to fail at something else. <laughs> I just don't feel like failing something else right now. But I but oh, I'm man, I'm a big comedy good. nerd. I'm a, I'm a huge fan like right I was a big uh, I was a musician for a while but then uh I mean I've always been into comedy too and I saw I saw Carlin twice. I saw Bill Cosby. I saw Oh no shit. Yeah, I saw um I saw, well, Tracy Morgan's were more recent. I just saw Bobcat Goldwaith. I saw um, Stan Hope in Tulsa. He was awesome. And, uh, yeah, there's some. Oh, we just went and saw Louis C.K. out in Akron on his uh, little comeback tour. I was like, yeah, wow, recently. I didn't think I'd be able to see him. And we were Tulsa's. We saw uh, Bill Burr with uh, uh, Dean Del Rey opening, and that that oh, was nice. a, that was a great fucking show. That was really good. And he even mentioned how good it was on his podcast. But yeah, so so how long uh, have you been doing stand up? 
Um, actually, just like uh, three years, man. I just hit I just hit my three year mark last month. Um, so I'm at three years in a month right now. Yeah, that was a good that was a good clip on. Uh, it said Durango something. It was a, a, a on uh, YouTube. Uh, it was yeah, a live clip of you. That was real good. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. That was I was about a year and a half in, and that night I was opening for this comedian named Rena Calm. Um, who's a touring comedian. Um, she was just like, she got booked for that show and I got to open for her and there was a packed house and man, it just, I felt like everything just happened to go right. You know, I was super nervous, but it kind of worked out and it worked out the, um, my wife, I didn't even ask her to, but she just recorded it and got pretty decent video. So I mean, that's my only video I have on YouTube. So I really appreciate you looking at it and, uh, yeah. You're on a, another podcast a couple of times. I looked at that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greenlight Weekend Podcast, man. Um, out based out of Durango. Um, my my uh, good buddy Brian Nystrom. He's another. He's a Durango comic right now, and uh, he hosts that show. And um, an opportunity arose to where he needed a co-host, so I he asked me to come on. And I did that for about six months before I moved back here. To Atlanta, uh, which was kind of deceiving in a way because, like, it's a small town. They're like hungry for comedy, and like at, at times it seems like those will slap at anything. But in the same breath, Durango's like super, super liberal, like liberal arts college town. So it's like they're very sensitive, which does like I and I just I love telling jokes that like like rile people up sometimes like yeah. especially when i know they're just being yeah. sensitive and so like man i i could either kill or bomb is just a coin toss but like starting out there was a very soft place to start so it was kind of good for me just to like kind of start getting my reps in and stuff and now i'm in atlanta and it's so much harder here dude so you didn't move uh, to Austin like every other comic in the world's doing right now? No, dude, that's uh, maybe down the road, but not not currently, no. I, I'm going to try and uh, hash it out here in Atlanta for a couple years at least and, you know, just see. I, I think it'll make me stronger because this is a, kind of a tough scene here. How's How is it tougher than uh, Durango? Um, well, you know, in the open mic scene, it's just like, I I just started here and it's a it's tougher in the fact that I don't know anybody. People are a lot like especially comics, like they're not like super eager to be like helpful and like like show you the ropes, you know, like it's pretty cutthroat. So I'm just trying to figure out uh where to go and when to go, like uh just showing up every week to the mics i do know about every now and then i'll get a helpful tip but for the most part nobody everybody keeps to themselves no, like they're not like talking and like being all friendly and shit to the new guy at least i mean once i'm more familiar i'm sure they'll talk to me because they all like all the comics talk to each other but just that right there is like the the uh solidarity of it right now is like i mean i have no info so that makes it really hard and then even the crowds i mean like most of the uh, most of the rooms i performed in have been um 
Like, I mean, they've been urban rooms, you know, like all black, which is great. And I've done well in them, but like I came from Colorado. So like I'm used to uh, a completely different environment. And so a lot of times I will bomb. Uh, Sometimes they like me, but it's just uh, learning how to uh, do my bits and stuff in front of a completely different audience. Like that's been real tough, too. Did you move back to Atlanta before the pandemic? No, actually, I just moved back two months ago. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, for the last year, like during the pandemic, my wife and I were just holed up in this little studio apartment in Durango. And luckily, it was like pretty nice and all. So it wasn't like we were just stuck in like, because like we lived in some pretty shitty places in Durango, but this was like a nicer spot. Um, And so we were just like chilling, but then we were we realized one day like it's coming up on winter. We're in a pandemic stuck in our house. And like, if we have to go through another winter, just like trapped in our house, like we're going to like go crazy. Cause we don't like ski or snowboard or do that outdoor shit, you know? So we were like, well, let's move home. Let's go back home to Georgia where it's warmer and our, all of our family is. Um, I guess you weren't doing a lot of uh, sets then during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. No, not too much. So, like, we definitely went a couple months without doing any. The weekend before, like, the whole state shut down, uh, my business partner and I, Jill Carlson, we were up in Denver uh, doing, putting on some shows and doing some local shows. And we went and, like, saw, like, Dan Soder perform at Comedy Works. And uh, we saw Godfrey at the Improv. Just, like, having a good weekend. Gilbert Godfrey? No, God, uh, Godfrey. Oh, okay. okay. Godfrey. <laughs> I wish Gilbert Godfrey did. Yeah, he's one but, I guess uh, still going to see. I have to see him, dude. But, uh, yeah, we were up there, like, just networking and, and doing business. And uh, we drive home, and by the time we get home, it's like everything is shutting down, like, restaurants, everything is done for good. So And, so, and we were show producers, so we couldn't do our job and make our money anymore. And that, we, that just, like, put everything to a halt. Then... Um, after a couple months we were like fuck it let's just uh start doing shows in parks you know like technically you need a permit but we we said we're just gonna do it and if the cops come and tell us to stop they tell us to stop yeah they fine us for not having a permit then fine but we're gonna try to do some shows and we did and they were very successful we had a lot of people show up a lot of comics show up and uh, we were able to like just keep doing outdoor shows from then on from i would say the end of may uh throughout until i moved we were doing shows so uh it affected it but um we made the best of it i guess that's cool did you do any uh you do any zoom shows i did a couple um there was this uh comedy couch competition that's what it was called comedy couch competition and i think it was like produced by a Durango local radio station, but there was comics from all over, like, um, and it was a competition, like three rounds. Um, I, I made it past the first round and I, I got eliminated after the second round. Uh, so I didn't do that great, but I mean, I was going up against these comedians that have been doing it for, 
four or five times longer than me. I mean, some of them are like uh, in New York, like a bunch of them were in New York and then, you know, LA and other big cities. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad I did that. But then like other Zoom shows are just like open mics where it's like eight people. They're all comedians. They are hardly listening to you. They usually just have you on mute. So like you're telling your jokes to a computer and getting no response and you just don't even know, like, did I bomb or did my internet just go out? <laughs> you know, it's like, it, it, it's, it's a pain in the ass. And so I hate it. And, and that's one thing I love about being back in Georgia is all these like live, I, I get to go out and do comedy live almost every night of the week. Wednesday is like my free day, which is why I was able to do this uh, cool. today. But uh, but yeah, it's so it's nice to do live comedy again, for sure. Kratom. Let's get on Kratom here. Let's do it. <laughs> so how, uh, how long, how long, when did you hear about Kratom and how long have you been using Kratom? So I, um, I used to live down in West Palm Beach and I was living, I was working downtown in like 2013 and 2000 through 2015, but it was probably like 2014. I was uh, waiting tables and my coworker told me that um, on her break, she was going to go down to this Kava bar that we had down in downtown West Palm beach called the purple Lotus. It was about two blocks from where we worked, which was, the Brio uh, in downtown West Palm, right underneath the West Palm Beach Improv. And um, it was like a two block walk to this place. And so I decided, well, no, I didn't decide to go that day, but I decided I was going to eventually go check that place out. Cause she said that she drinks this tea that has Kratom inside of it. And, uh, and she explained what it was briefly. So I was like, I don't know. Like I imagine most people are originally, I was skeptical of it, but I also was a junkie for five years. Like I, I, I between like 2005 and 2010, I, um, I had a real bad heroin addiction and mm. um, eventually I got onto Suboxone, but which that, that I was on for like two years. And um, this girl's telling me about Kava and Kratom Kratom, Kratom, whatever. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, whatever. The way, the way I first heard it was Kratom, so that's just what I say, but I know that's like, most people think that's stupid, but whatever. Kratom is uh, the native pronunciation. I had a uh, uh, scientist from Malaysia on here, and he's like, Brian, you say Kratom. Yeah, like, Kratom, K-H-E-T-U-M. Yeah, we, we had it that way on the, all right, so... I'll get to that, but I, I eventually ended up working at that Kava bar, but I'm getting there, like, because, all right, so how I found out about Kratom was this girl at work, and I um, was still struggling with opiates a little bit. I was uh, on and off of Suboxone, and one day I was off of Suboxone, I had been off Suboxone for like two weeks, and I was doing fine but I got these really bad opiate cravings. So I like hit up my buddy for some um, like pills, like some like oxys and he couldn't get any. And honestly, that's when I remembered um, 
hearing that like this stuff kratom is like a it, it can be helpful against op- it's like a natural way to fight against opiate addiction and that's just how i originally heard of it i know mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. now but i'm just saying that's how that's what i thought of at the time and so like i was having these bad cravings so i went downtown early uh before i had to work and i went and i i um i just the way they did it at this one place that i ended up working at was uh a kratom extract it was gold uh gold reserve extract Mm -hmm. and um they take like a eighth of a tablespoon put it into a little cup of uh kava which I'm not sure if you're familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and um, so they mix they mix the two like, and then just like whisk it together, and and then you just like kind of you can either shoot like drink it quick, or you can sip on it, whatever. But that's so. I went to this kava bar before I had to work. I was having these terrible opiate cravings. Everything seemed cloudy. Everything was awful, and. I, I took I went to the kava uh, bar for the first time, took a double of this uh, Kratom shot with kava and then walked back to work. And I was just like the whole time I was walking to, to work, I was like, that was a waste of money that like was bullshit. That didn't work. Like, what was I thinking? And then I sat down, uh, I lit up a cigarette and like it was kind of like. When as soon as I lit up that cigarette, it was like uh, that movie Limitless when the dude like takes the pills and everything becomes clear. It was like all of a sudden that uh, fog of that uh, the cravings, which I mean, opiate cravings are are no joke, man. And I don't know if you've been through it. Hopefully not. No. Like, okay. Well, that's 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 awesome. It, it's, it sucks. I mean, and it, it was just like completely clouding my mind and, and like controlling every thought I had. Yeah. And as soon as I lit up this cigarette about 30 minutes after taking my first little bit of Kratom, everything just kind of like cleared up. I could forget about uh, the cravings and I could actually function and like act normal in society. And uh, that was a huge realization for me, man. I was like, wow, there's there's actually a positive natural thing out there that can be helpful to somebody with a chemical dependency. So how far were you into like uh, opiate addiction? Were, were you because I mean, I got a couple of friends, you know, that I know that, you know, they have to have something every 12 hours or they're going to be uh, like violently sick and stuff like that. Was it was it like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, at, I mean. If 12 hours, to be honest with you, I mean, like I would go like I live uh, about 20 minutes north of downtown Atlanta and have to go downtown to get uh, dope. And um, man, sometimes I'd go two, three or usually two times a day, sometimes three times a day. And almost every day I would wake up about 5 a.m. like with the shakes and and complete withdrawals and like in like tiptoe out of my house get in my car start it and hope it doesn't wake up the people inside the house and then i would drive downtown and and get more so how so you were already on some boxing when you when you discovered kratom so i had so i i um i have been on suboxone but i had quit like two three weeks before and I had heard about Kratom while I was still on Suboxone, but I guess 
because I was taking Suboxone, I didn't even feel the need to investigate Kratom yet. Yeah. This is like 2014, early 2015. And so like, or yeah, it was mid-2014. And I, yes, I'd still been on it, but, and I'd heard about it, but that's why when I was off, when I got off of it and like two weeks later, I started having these like terrible cravings. That's what made me remember what I had heard about, you know, the different properties that Kratom holds. And that's when I went and gave it a shot and it changed my life for sure. You still take Kratom daily? Yeah, Yeah. I do. I drink, uh, I use, I usually just buy a super green Malaysian. That's my, that's my go-to. And, uh, I make tea. I just make tea and I drink, you know, a little bit of that a day. What, how much do you uh, use in a tea? Oh, so for a gallon, I use, for a gallon of tea, I usually do about 30 grams, but, um, and that'll last me like four, maybe like four days. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. So just yeah, and I and um and I don't. It depends on like I guess everything, but like I usually drink. I mean, all right, oh, yeah, you don't have video or whatever, but uh, I was gonna show you. But like I drink like a water bottle like this, this tall, like probably like I would say, like a liter. thirty-two ounces. Yeah, yeah, I drink maybe that in a day, just spread throughout and if i'm working like a busy shift on the weekend or something i'll drink a little bit more i just have it with me but um just because it keeps your attitude good especially when i'm working and i'm like getting pissed off at my coworkers and shit because i work in restaurants and yeah and they get when it gets busy sometimes people start acting stupid so i can get pissed off real easily at them or i can just like drink some tea and kind of relax and and not and you know try and be more understanding with them so it mellows mellows you out 100 percent, it does yeah it oh just, that's cool it, it helps my it just helps my overall mood sometimes i mean like i if i'm salty i can i mean it's yeah i drank some tea man and, uh, and it really helps with that that's helps cool me just see things just like I feel the same way about weed. I don't know if we could talk yeah. about that. Oh yeah. But, yeah. 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 I just, I mean, cause I, yeah, I stopped doing all the hard drugs and stuff, but I still smoke weed, man. And it, it it's the same thing. It can really be helpful too. Yeah, definitely. And, and both of those seem to be self-regulating. Like, like what you're taking is probably about like six grams a day or something like that. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, that's a good estimate. Yeah, yeah, that's probably you're probably in the safe zone there with even with uh, if it's contaminated with uh, toxic metals. Because I just had a um, Dr. Progelic. He was on here and he did a study of uh, kratom and toxic metals, and like a lot of the brands that he had had toxic metals in them. And he was like, if you're over ten grams a day, I get worried that it might. It's not like it has you'll get lead poisoning from one time use or anything, but he's worried about like the buildup, and that's why he was talking about he wants it to be standardized and have a uh, uh, consumer protection act so the companies you buy it from have to test. So yeah, we'll have yeah, it would have to be FDA approved though, right, for that to happen. They have the laws in states and. Um, they're, they want them to do good manufacturing practice. Eventually, it's going to be everything's going to have to be uh, GMP stamp of approval. You know, a lot of them test anyway, and, and if you're getting it from a source that 
it's high quality shit they're probably taking care of, but we don't know that's a thing you know but, i guess that's true yeah I, I feel like i get it from a good source but you're right like i mean there's still that chance that it could be fucked with absolutely yeah and you, and you make it into a tea I do. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite way. I, that, that toss some wash shit, man. I did not. I'm not in favorite. <laughs> I, I did. I did. That, you mentioned dude. Gold Reserve. Yeah, I do that extract probably like once a week, and I, and, and that's I, the only thing I toss and wash because it's like less than an eighth of a teaspoon or something. Yeah, I need to actually order some more of that because I haven't had it in a while, and it's just kind of like not because I usually just do leaf, like yeah. like I said, Super Green mm-hmm. Melee, but like it's kind of nice every now and then to just like order. And just splurge a little bit on some gold reserve because it's just the best extract I think there is. Yeah, it's good. I mean, that's really the only one I've had, and and I've had one other kind, but uh, but it works. So I'm not. I don't have any. It's great. I mean, it really is. I've had others. I've tried other extracts, and nothing kind of. That's the first thing I ever had too. Like that day, or my very first time ever having kratom, it was gold reserve extract. And I had uh, two, like, one-eighth tablespoons mixed in with some kava. And, like, 30 minutes later, I was like, wow, I don't need any more drugs. Like, I can just com- stick to this tea. That's and awesome. That's, that's, what we, that's what I hear from a lot of, you know, former uh, opiate addicts that, or, yeah. that are, you know, I've interviewed for this podcast. They're like, that's it. I'm good. I'm good. I just need this and my weed. And, and that's it. And I'm like, yeah. that's awesome. You know, and like, you know, while a part of it, part of a part of me, like, is like, fuck, but you still, I, I, I guess I, I feel bad because I'm still kind of feeling dependent on something, but like, my my wife reminds me, like, what I'm doing is 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 it's completely fine. It's like no different than your average citizen needing a cup of coffee before they talk to somebody in the morning. You know, it's like, I mean, that, that's a way more common addiction than, um, than really anything. And, and so like, she's like, dude, if what you're doing is a natural way to keep you and, and, and prevent you from going back to the old lifestyle, then what's wrong with that? And I, I really believe that that's right. I mean, it's cool. That's it's quite okay to have a natural alternative to, you know, that chemical terrible lifestyle that I was barely living in. Yeah, and and just people say it's not as like. Do you t- take breaks or like when you when you stop using kratom? Do you have uh, any kind of withdrawal? I um no. I I mean I really don't take breaks i just don't drink that like much like i mean uh i mean i like i said i have it every day that's true but i'm not like sipping on it throughout the day all day like every every like whatever four or five six hours i'll just take a few swigs out of my water bottle and that's it if i didn't do that for like a day i'd have a little trouble sleeping so i guess that's kind of a withdrawal so yeah yeah i mean i would have a little bit of withdrawal if i just stopped cold turkey and just took a two-day break it would be an uncomfortable two days for sure which i hate to admit but it's true 
Yeah. Have you ever, like, as you're, did you start off taking less than you are now and you're taking more now or? No, it's actually the other way around. I started off more and I've, you know, and I just started taking less and less and less because I realized I don't need as much as I was taking. Yeah. Because, like, when I started, like, my very first time, I was taking Gold Reserve Extract. And that's what I had, like, solely for, like, a year and a half at least. And then, like, I started ordering, like, kilos um, uh, for myself to my house where I started making tea and I stopped taking extract altogether and I just, and I got down to tea and I was drinking a lot of tea at first and it's actually gone less and less and less, which I think is a good thing. Cause I, I don't want to be reliant on it, but I, I like it as a good tool, but um, yeah, it, it, yeah. Luckily it hasn't increased. It's decreased the amount I take. I'm not trying per se, but it's just naturally been happening where I've been drinking less and less, less tea. And if I can get down to where I'm just drinking a couple times a week, that's cool. But also yeah. I'm not going to fucking kick myself in the ass. If I drink phantom tea every day, like that yeah, yeah. is a milestone away from when I was shooting up dope three times or more than that a day and like waking up sick every single morning. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm like, uh, like light years away from there and it's because of this beautiful plant so if it, if i if if i drink it every day i'm not going to get mad at myself but of course i would like to like dwindle it down to where i mean i would like to not have to need any vices you know yeah but if this if this is going to be my vice that's a blessing to me yeah. like, it's a it's a natural plant it's it's pretty inexpensive and it does wonders and it's it does and and it's not just for opiate addicts too like i mean this stuff does wonders for i mean uh like uh, veterans that have ptsd i went to the 2016 march in in dc for kratom oh cool Um, were you do you remember that you know, I don't remember it. I know of it, but I, I was okay. only, uh, I only started getting into Kratom uh, like two years later, like September 2018. Okay. I was hired to write for Kratom Science, and I didn't, I heard about it before, but I didn't know, uh, you know, I, 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 so I'm like a newbie kind of compared to a lot of other people. Well, that that's okay, dude. That's cool. And I think what you're doing is great because you're spreading news about, about the plant and, um, uh, it's it's a it's just a beautiful thing and that um that that march in washington was awesome because we did something that's never been done before and we changed the dea's mind because they were like they were planning to schedule kratom as a, a schedule one narcotic yeah we showed up and marched like and like within that week they like rescinded their they're like uh plea to make it you know a a schedule one drug or whatever so that was pretty pretty amazing and i don't know i just oh but that's what i was getting at that's why i brought up the march is because when i was there i met a lot of other people that have been taking it and like like um this one dude drew turner yeah uh, he's been on the podcast oh cool Yeah. yeah well he was there like we were all there right there and um, in front of the White House and 
like people speaking on the megaphone. He was one of them. And like, you know, it's just really done so much, so many wonders for that man in particular, who's like an American hero. He served in our military and got fucked up as a result. And mm-hmm. Crad was like the one thing that can really help him. And that's an amazing that's that right there is amazing. So it's not just for opiate addicts. It's it's for, you know, people of all, you know, of all issues, man. Like, I mean, it's a guy, it's a freaking um, anti-inflammatory for God's sakes, yeah. you know, like amongst other things. Like it's just, a, it, the plan is a miracle in my opinion. I want people to understand about addiction. Like a lot of people have addiction and they go to work. They're not, necessarily homeless or you know it's it takes over their yeah. life sometimes but so i mean was it was right. it like for you was it pretty was it uh affect your life other than just you know having to put that in your system well i mean i started i mean i don't know depending on some people it would be late but in my my it, I think for most people, I started doing drugs young because I started when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I did drugs with a lot of other people that have been doing them for years before that that were my age. So, like, I, I but, like, that's neither here nor there. I started at 19, and uh, I did dope till about 24. And I guess it – I was – I've always, like, since that time, like, I've always been, like, waiting tables and stuff. So it's like professionally, it never affected me other than like, I'd have to be at work sometimes, like, like withdrawing and like, I like hitting up people to bring me stuff to work and I'd run out into the parking lot and like, you know, buy something real quick, pop it on my way back in and just start to feel better within an hour. But like, it didn't. And, and those were, those days sucked. Like, but really it didn't affect me. I mean, I was just like um, making beats with my friends and uh, like making music and stuff and yeah, just getting high and then just doing bullshit job, you know, waiting tables, which I still do. Yeah. So I guess it didn't really affect me other than like, it definitely slowed me down in my uh, maturing. I mean, I, (laughs) I didn't start doing stand-up till I was 31 and I feel like maybe if I hadn't have like fucked myself up so bad, I would have started a little sooner. I would have realized that's what I should have been doing sooner. Yeah. At the same time, all those years of drugs, like doing drugs and drug stories, like I have a lot of stuff to talk about on stage too. Yeah, really, really. That's it's not wasted time if uh, right. if you if especially if your job is to tell stories. So yeah, <laughs> and yeah. you know a lot of people go through that with alcohol too. I like me and a lot of other my friends yeah. go through like, hmm, well, how could it have been different? Oh, here's what I ask everybody: uh, Do you have a doctor that you sit talk to about kratom at all? No. 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 A doctor? Do you have a doctor in general? What does that word mean? Uh, no, I, I don't have a doctor. I, I actually... The nurse so at the Med Express, do you talk to her about crayons? <laughs> <laughs> so my wife, my wife and I have both been bartending, or like, like waiting tables bartending for 
so long. We just moved back to Georgia and yeah. my wife got like a real job uh, leasing out apartments. And um, yeah, yesterday, yeah. just yesterday, she signed us both up for health insurance. So nice. I am, I'm going to get a doctor soon, uh, but I haven't been to one in a long time. And honestly, when it comes to Kratom, I honest, like, I'm not trying to sound like a douche, but I think I know probably more about Kratom than the average doctor. The, you, you, pr- you probably do. Yeah, I think and, you hear me both. I sold it for a living working for Kava Bars for like two years oh, in cool. uh, South Florida. I worked at the second Kava Bar in the country in West Palm Beach. I worked nice. there in the first Kava Bar to sell Kratom. Um, and like out of its store, it was called Purple Lotus in West Palm. Yeah, and I I worked there, and then I uh, one of the managers broke off into his own thing, and I went and worked at his store for a while. Like, so I I've had a lot of education on this, and I studied a lot. I've talked to politicians to help keep it legal in Georgia, and uh, yeah, and in like I mean it. it yeah. So I don't know. I just don't know if I even should bring it up to a doctor. Yeah. I mean, I guess it depends on, you know, the doctor, if he's cool. Like some of them, I mean, some people tell me, yeah, 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 my doctor's cool with it, you know, but, you know, they, they, they don't really know. I mean, there's people doing primary kratom research that probably couldn't even tell you everything about it. But exactly. Um, well, but, also, they want to give it, like, how am I supposed to trust? somebody who wants to like prescribe chemical pills to people for every given instance, you know, but like, I'm supposed to listen to them judge me for taking this natural plant that seems to help me my lifestyle. (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't (laughs) see the point even bringing it up to them. It's just so cool about the DEA. It's like the whole thing is, uh, they're like, oh, we're going to back off now. And it's like, yeah, well, this is not yeah. what we're going to do anymore. We're not going to do this with drugs anymore. So that that yeah. actually was a great historic thing. That was cool that you were there. That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. It, it was it was something else, man. It was it was really cool to be a part of um, this dude. Chris Bell made a documentary. Yeah. About about Kratom. Yeah. That came he, out he, I think the week I started writing for Kratom Science. It came out. Oh really? Yeah. So he, he actually interviewed my wife and myself uh in the park there, like right across the street, and we were in the initial trailer. Oh like, no just, shit. Just the trailer, but like we didn't make it to the final cut. And we were uh, like, ah fuck. <laughs> but uh, it was know, cool though. Like we got we got to meet him and you know, super nice dude and and uh uh, it was just like really cool what he was doing, and it really is cool what he has done for Kratom. Like, yeah. like I feel like I saw Chris Bell on Joe Rogan, and then yes. he just dropped off, dude. Like, I don't know where he's been <laughs> since then. Thank you, David Oakley at Dave O Laughs on social media. Catch him in open mics in Atlanta and at Four Corners Comedy Festival, Durango, Colorado, September 10 to 12. The music is rising, memories of Thailand. Kratom Science Podcast is written and produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.